message from one of our Sunday celebrations. And you can find out more about Jubilee by visiting our website at www.jubilee.org.uk. So this morning we're really coming to the end of a series which we've been looking at, I guess, over this term. Haven't been on it every week, uh, but over a number of weeks we've been looking at the subject uh, which we've called, a series we've called, Removing the Rocks. And if you imagine a river um, with some large rocks in the middle of it, obstructing the flow... That's the sort of the picture that we've used because just like large rocks can get in the way of a river flowing and stopping it sort of flow its proper course, there are things in our lives, a bit like large rocks if you like, which can stop or hinder the flow of the river of God. And that's what we've been looking at over a number of weeks, really I guess in this term. And this applies personally and it also applies corporately as well. Now, I'm I'm making an assumption this morning, I hope that's okay to do, Um, but I'm assuming that all of us want more of God. You can answer this, it's it's, it's just rhetorical. Um, I'm assuming that all of us want to know more of his presence, and more of his power working in us, and through us, and around us. And so therefore, it's also good to think, well, what can get in the way of that? And if we can identify some things that get in the way of that, then we're able to do something about it and ask God to either remove them or to help us to deal with things that we need to do. And really the first stage in this process is to realise that they're there. The first stage is to identify them. And so we've looked at some things over previous weeks, things like unbelief, things like fear, things like unforgiveness, or pride. And they're massive rocks. They're huge issues. And they can have a big effect on you personally. And a big effect on us together as well. Uh, and listen, just because we've spent one Sunday talking about one of those subjects. Doesn't necessarily mean it's nailed. It might mean that God's still got some stuff that he wants to do in your life. In my life. In our life together. Just because we've had one Sunday looking at a subject. Doesn't mean it's all done and dusted. And so I'd recommend that you take some time to pray and and ask the Lord, are there things in my life that are in the way of what you want to do? Are there some rocks that are getting in the way of what God wants to do? And I'd encourage you to go back to the Father every now and then and ask him those sort of questions. What is it that he wants to address in you? Sometimes it's easier to see things in other people, isn't it? Think, God, God really needs to deal with that in somebody's life. And uh, actually, the Father wants to deal with things in, in our lives, doesn't he? And I want to encourage you to do that. But is there anything left for us to, um, to look at? It's interesting, isn't it, that um, these things that have an effect on us personally, they also have an effect on us together as a church, don't they? They can also hinder us together. It doesn't take much for the experience of the few to become the culture of the many. It doesn't take much for the experience of the few to become the culture of the many. And it can work both ways. So it can be a good thing, like with faith and belief in God and hospitality and giving and, and joy and all those sort of things. 
That can spread, can't it? And that you, you catch it from one another. And that's, that's a good thing. But it's also a negative thing. And with things like unbelief and fear, that can, that can creep in. So what's left? What should we be addressing this morning? Well, I think there's one huge rock, if you like, that's left. And this is what I want to look at this morning. And it's this. It's disappointment and unanswered prayer. Disappointment and unanswered prayer. And this one is a bit more subtle. You might not even be aware of its existence, but if it's left undealt with, it can shipwreck you. So I think it's a biggie. Disappointment and unanswered prayer. So let's pray and let's see what the Lord wants to do this morning. Yeah? Heavenly Father, we do thank you for your presence. Thank you for speaking to us so clearly during worship this morning. Thank you for just the numerous prophetic words that came and kept pointing us to you and your faithfulness and your goodness and the fact we can trust in you. And uh, Lord, we thank you for just being so clear with us already this morning. And I want to pray now as we look at this subject together, Holy Spirit, come and speak to our hearts. Lord, if there's anything in us that is hindering the work of what you want to do amongst us, personally, individually, and also together, would you come and put your finger on it this morning? Would you come and deal with it? Help us to, to trust you in this as well, as we have saying about trusting in other circumstances this morning. So Holy Spirit, be with us, please. Help us to have open and soft hearts before you. Help me, Lord, as I communicate. And we pray, Lord, do a work in us all this morning. We ask it in Jesus' name. And everybody says, Amen. Amen. Okay, so this rock then, a disappointment of unanswered prayer. I think for many people, it's actually not something they've really considered. It isn't something that maybe you've even thought about. Now many of us, I guess most of us, go through life at such a pace, we've got so much going on, that we rarely have time to take stock properly. To, you know, to process how we feel about things and to deal with this sort of stuff. And we just keep going, don't we? We're keeping on to the next thing or the next challenge or situation or whatever it might be. Very rarely do we step back and... <coughs> Ask the Holy Spirit to, to examine our hearts and to help us look at these sort of things. Now, vague feelings of disappointment or loss or confusion are sort of pushed down to be dealt with on another day. But very often, that other day never comes. And it's until it's too late and then it explodes all around us. You see... If you don't deal with it, there's a danger that you can be pushing something down and not addressing it and not allow God to deal with your heart. And you're storing up a train wreck for the future, if that's the case. Now, up until I was married, I, I don't think I was a particularly emotional person. Would that be fair to say? Yes. If Sarah would ask me what I, what I felt about something, and I'd have to ask her to explain the question. Now, I'm not sure I really understood what she What do you mean, feel about something? It wasn't tangible. I couldn't put it in a list. Or, you know, it, 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 I had to learn to, uh, to understand and express my emotions. Now, Sarah's helped me immensely, immensely in that, and uh, I think I'm more emotional than I was then. 
she would probably say if she was up here that I have some way to go. Uh, but I'm on a journey and, uh, and God is good. But I think that's something that I'm learning. You know, I think this subject of unanswered prayer or disappointment is, is, is similar. It's something we need to learn how to deal with and ask God to help us to, to deal with it. See, if it's not expressed, if it's not dealt with properly, if it's not processed and therefore it's not healed, then it can become a rock that gets in the way of what God wants to do. It's a bit like, it's like a build-up over time. So some of you will know that I've suffered with kidney stones in the past, and um, they're not really too sure what, quite what, what they are and what, what they're composed of, but they're, they're built up over time in your system, aren't they? I'm looking at my medics going, am I getting this right? Just to sort of nod enthusiastically at me. So for the purpose of this illustration, there they are. They're built up over time. They're not made just like that. Over time... They're sort of built up of various constituents, and then one day they cause problems. Once enough mass has accumulated in the stone, then, then one day you'll know about it. It might, make, it might take some time to build up. It's not going to happen overnight, but you, you can bet your life that if it's building up in your kidney... There's going to come a day if it keeps building up. And, and I knew about it and I ended up in the back of an ambulance with sirens and blue lights and more morphine than I could keep track of. Um, it, you know, I, I knew about it. There came a day when enough stuff had built up that it caused trouble. You know what? This is similar. If you don't, if you don't deal with this sort of stuff, if you don't process it, it just builds up over time and there will come a day when you will know about it. And it will explode and cause major damage to you and probably others around you as well. And it's a rock that gets in the way of what God wants to do. So let me ask you a question before we keep going. Are there things that you have prayed about or that you have asked God for that haven't happened yet? Or seemingly haven't answered? Or maybe a better question is, what is it for you that you have prayed about and asked God for that seemingly to you he hasn't answered yet or hasn't happened yet? My guess is we've all got some. That'd be the truth, wouldn't it? If we were honest with one another, then we would all say, you know what, there's some stuff that I've prayed about that just hasn't happened yet and I don't appear to have an answer on or haven't seen a breakthrough on. We've all got that. So the question is, how do you deal with it? How do you process it? How do you feel about that? Are you cross at God? Do you feel that he owes you something? Or is it all okay? Now, many people won't admit that actually they're, they're perhaps even disappointed with God, that they haven't seen a breakthrough that they're hoping for and praying for. We do expect life to, to go better, don't we? And sometimes we expect to go, life to go better than it does. And if it doesn't, we end up disappointed or we can end up offended with the Father. Now, some of us will probably need some help even in understanding how we feel about these sort of things. And it's not something that we understand straight away. It's something we need to allow the Holy Spirit to speak to our hearts and help us to understand and to process but before you think that I'm just standing here spouting some psychobabble, let's turn to scripture and see what the Bible has to say.
You see, some of our Bible heroes were pretty honest with God about how they felt. It wasn't all rosy for all of them all the time. If you know anything of your Bible, if you know any Bible characters, you can almost pick any page and you'll find that it doesn't always go well for all of them all the time. I mean, for example, let's just look at a couple of passages together. Psalm 22. If you've got a Bible, turn to it. Have a look. Psalm 22, verse 1. The Psalm of David. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why are you so far from saving me? So far from my words of my groaning. Oh my God, I cry out day by day, but you do not answer by night. And I'm not silent. It's not happy, is he? It's frustrated. It David feels like, like God is far from him. He's wondering what's going on, what's, what's happening. Now, I'm sure you're familiar, many of you, with Jesus' words on the cross. Matthew chapter 27. Matthew 27, verse 46. About the ninth hour, Jesus cried out in a loud voice, Eloi, Eloi, laba sabachthani, which means, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Jesus wasn't afraid to express how he felt in that moment, what was going on inside him. So to go back to our question, how are you and God doing on some of these things? Do you feel that God owes you something? The truth is that God doesn't owe us anything. Romans uh, 6.23 says that the wages of sin is death. The only thing we deserve, actually, is God's punishment and wrath. That's what we deserve. That's what we're owed. So you know what? Anything we receive from him is a gift. It's by his grace, isn't it? It's a gift of God. He doesn't owe us anything. It's a grace gift from the Father. We don't deserve it. It's a gift from him. Freely given in Christ Jesus. And you know what? Understanding that truth is a key to freedom, which we'll come back to shortly. It's a gift. It's by his grace. Because he loves you. Now, before we get to the solution, we'll get there in a minute. Let's realise what effect this rock has. The pain of unanswered prayer or disappointments is like a prison. It's like a prison with these sort of hard bars that you can't get through. You end up feeling like you're trapped in a sort of little tiny cell and you can't get a way out. Do you ever feel like that sometimes? You ever feel in that sort of situation? It's like how you're in a, one of those sort of dungeons from the time of old. You know, sort of thing. You know, you're in a, in a pit and there's barely some light coming through at the top and there's these heavy bars over this pit and there's no way out. You can feel like that sometimes, can't it? See, disappointments or offence at God for not doing something or perhaps for doing something even is a self-enforced spiritual prison. It really is. And who wants to stay in a prison all their life? It's no fun, is it? There's no, there's no life in that. There's no joy in it. But the truth is this. Many Christians are trapped in that prison of disappointment. 
and frustration. Not really knowing how to get free, how to move on, and just barely hanging on by the skin of their teeth, as it were. So this morning, if I'm describing you, stay with me, because I want to show you a way out. And I do feel this builds on some of the prophetic words we had during our time of worship. Some of the things that were shared, I think this builds on that. And so maybe you feel God spoke to you earlier, I believe God's going to speak to you again even now. I said at the beginning that if this is left unchecked, it can shipwreck us. It can cause major damage in us personally and those around us. Why is that? Well, listen, one reason is that very quickly, disappointment can turn to bitterness. What starts off as disappointment can turn to bitterness. And and bitterness is really nasty. It's like one of those flesh-eating diseases. It sort of eats you up from the inside out. And bitterness is like that. It it will will cause major damage. That's why Paul says this in Ephesians 4. He says, Ephesians 4.31, Get rid of all bitterness, rage and anger, brawling and slander, along with every form of malice. He puts bitterness in the same category, doesn't he, as rage and anger. We'd all go, yeah, rage and anger, they're really bad. They don't need rage and anger. But actually, he puts bitterness in the same category. He says, get rid of it. Don't give it any room. Don't allow it to grow in your hearts. See, bitterness grows. The writer of the Hebrews says this in Hebrews 12, 15. See to it that no one falls short of the grace of God and that no bitter root grows up to cause trouble and defile many. Bitterness grows and causes trouble. And it affects many people. So it's another reason why I need to nip disappointment in the bud before it grows into bitterness. Don't let disappointment grow into bitterness. Deal with it while it's disappointment. And you won't allow it to grow into bitterness. You see, it's too dangerous to you. It can infect a whole church. The whole feel of a, of a church community can run on disappointment or bitterness. Listen, no one's going to want to join a church like that, are they? We don't want to give that any room. One other thing quickly before we look at some solutions together. And it's this. Sarcasm. Sarcasm. Bill Johnson calls sarcasm this. He says, it's the defense mechanism of disappointment. He says, sarcasm is the defense mechanism of disappointment. Ouch. Do you default to sarcasm? Or do you just say, hey, that's just my sense of humor. That's just how it is. Well, listen, maybe it points to some disappointment that's unresolved in your heart. Are you often sarcastic or harsh? then maybe this rock of disappointment has lodged itself in your heart. And God wants to do some work on it this morning. If I'm honest with you, my default sense of humour used to be sarcasm. That that was certainly true in my 20s. I was terribly sarcastic. And uh, I was around others who were sarcastic, so in many ways it didn't seem to be a problem. Because they were sarcastic, and I was sarcastic, so we were all happy together. At least so we thought. But actually, it started to have a a nasty effect on other people. Because they were hurt and and damaged by it. 
And I, I guess for me, some of it was rooted in, in a sense of disappointment about one or two things. And even when that disappointment was resolved, I was still left with sarcasm. And so I needed to deal with that and ask God to help me with that. And if I'm honest, it's still something that I need to ask God to help me with. Because too quickly I can be sarcastic or sharp. And the worst thing is this. It's generally with the people that are closest to me. It's generally with the people that I love the most because my guard is down. I'm not sort of consciously putting through what I say through a filter, making sure that it comes out right and I'm not being sarcastic. And and I need to watch it. I need to be careful. I need to say, Lord, help me with this, please. It's something that I need to be aware of. Is it like that for you? What is it for you, I wonder? Well, if you, you know, if you think, oh yeah, I can, I can see that in, in, in your heart as well, then maybe there's some things that God wants to deal with this morning. Maybe there's a rock of disappointment and it's time for the Holy Spirit to deal with. Maybe there's some rock smashing to do this morning. So let's look at some solutions. Does that sound good? So having outlined, I trust, some issues that maybe we need to be aware of, let's look at some solutions. Number one. The first thing you need to do is to be honest with God. Be honest with God. David was pretty honest, wasn't he? Psalm 22. Why have you forsaken me? Why are you so far from saving me? Why don't you answer? He was pretty honest with God, wasn't he? He wasn't afraid to be honest with God. So number one, be real. Be honest about it. And you know so you're not going to surprise him. It's not that you're going to say to, to God, maybe like David, why have you forsaken me? Why are you answering me? And God goes, gosh, I never knew he felt like that. You're not going to surprise him. But you know what? You just need to get it out. You need to be able to express it and be honest with him. Get it all out on the table. All this stuff, all the baggage, all your frustration, all the disappointments, get it on the table and be Real with God. Be real. And you may find that, that if, for you, you need to talk to somebody about that. Maybe you need to sit down with someone that you trust and you can just talk about it and they can ask you some questions and, and help you express it. I can think of somebody I know who, who writes about it and who write a blog about it and that's her way of processing stuff and that's great. Whatever works. But just get it on the table and allow God and be honest with God about it. The best thing for me, actually, very often, is to go for a walk. I need to go for a walk and pray. Sometimes Sarah will say to me, You need to go for a walk. And it's not that she's looking at my stomach and thinking, You need to go for a walk and uh, have some exercise. So that's probably true as well. But if you can see, it, actually, I just need to get with God. I just need to get with the Father and, and be alone with him. That's how I do that the best. How, how do you do it the best? But you need to know yourself and to do that and to be honest with the Lord. And then ask him to help you through it. I think secondly, actually pray with somebody really helps. Pray with somebody. Be honest with someone. Talk to somebody else. You, you know what? They can help point you to God and speak truth to your life. You know, um, even the uh, prophetic word, where's my phone? 
that, um, that Joe brought this morning. And she pointed us back to the song that we sang, didn't, didn't she? And um, made some comments on it, which was just so helpful. The reason it was so good is it pointed us back to the Father and spoke truth to us. No power of hell, I, thought, I took a photo of it, no power of hell, no scheme of man can ever pluck me from his hand. Till he returns or calls me home, here in the power of Christ I'll stand. It's truth, isn't it? We were singing truth this morning and what Joe helpfully reminded us was she applied it to our lives. It's truth. You need to hear this. You need to receive it. And you know what? That's what friends do. They, they speak truth to us and say, you get, it's all out on the table now. Now you need to hear some truth. Now you need to hear what the Father has to say. And, and guys, we, we need friends around us like that, don't we? Have you got people around you who can do that? Sarah and I were away for a couple of days this week with the uh, Christ Central core team couples and uh, we were just sort of sharing with one another what's going on in our world and in our lives and, and we were speaking truth to one another. We were encouraging one another. You know, we've got some stuff out on the table so this is what I'm struggling with right now. Or, this is what's going on or this is what I'm facing and different people were sharing different things and, and then we spoke some truth. Then we spoke some scripture over one another. Then we spoke some truth to one another and encouraged one another in God's so you need to do that. And that's how you get over some disappointments. By speaking truth to one another. Third part of the solution. Once you've got it all out on the table and prayed and been prayed for and heard some truth, what's left? I think the biggest key to breakthrough in this area is just one word. And it's this. You can write this word down. Gratitude. Gratitude. That's it, one word. Gratitude. I remember my father-in-law preaching on this subject years ago. And he said this, If you want to feel great, be grateful. If you want to feel great, be grateful. Now, I know that sounds simplistic. I know it sounds glib, but please hear me. I know that you might have been experiencing or even are currently experiencing the most agonising pain, the most trying and difficult situation and circumstance. I understand that. I've had some pretty tough seasons as well. We have together even. Maybe you're going through something far worse than I've experienced. But listen, it's not glib. Please stay with me. Please hear the Father on this. Don't allow your heart to be hardened. Proverbs 28, 14 says this. Blessed is the one who always trembles before God. But whoever hardens their heart falls into trouble. Don't allow your heart to get hard. Don't let the devil rob you of a way out, of a way forward. You see, it's so easy to be upset at what God hasn't done, or even perhaps what he has done, <laughs> rather than be grateful for what he has done in your life. It's easy to think, oh, but God hasn't done this, 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 and this. And we forget all the things that he has done. And all the goodness that he's shown us. 
and all the grace that he's poured out on our lives and the forgiveness that he's given us, the hope and the future that he's guaranteed us, the Holy Spirit he's poured out upon our life, the community that he's drawn us into, we can forget all that and go, but he hasn't done this, 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 this and this. What about all that he has done? What about all that the Father has done for you? Be grateful for what God has done. Hebrews 12, 28 says this. Therefore, let us be grateful for receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken. And thus, let us offer to God acceptable worship with reverence and awe. Let us be grateful. Now, as I have travelled more over the last few years, I've been really privileged to worship with believers from extremely poor and dangerous situations. And you look at what they're facing, and some of you would have done as well, I I know. You look at what they're facing, you think, man alive, how can they be grateful? How can they worship in this? How can they give thanks? But you know what? They've learned a key that very often we miss. They've learned to be grateful for what God has done. Even in the midst of perhaps what they're still asking him for. Remember what we said earlier? God doesn't owe you anything. The only thing that you and I deserve is judgment, punishment, the wrath of God. But he shows us instead grace and mercy and love and acceptance and kindness and goodness. How good is he? How good is that? Isn't that something to be grateful for? Psalm 147 says this, Sings the Lord with grateful praise. Make music to our God on the harp or guitar. Sings the Lord with grateful praise. And you know, I, I guess too this applies particularly to the area of healing. It applies to a whole bunch of areas. And it, I'm sure even now the Holy Spirit is beginning to put his finger on things in your heart. But I think it applies too to healing. You see, we're not at a point yet where we see everybody we pray for healed. We'd love to be at that point. We're not there yet. And whilst I long to see more people healed, and I I truly believe that we will, it's unlikely before Jesus returns (laughs) that we're going to get to a place where everybody is healed. There's a tension in it, isn't there? There's There's the coming kingdom of God, but we're not seeing it in all its fullness just yet. That's where we live. Smith Wigglesworth, a famous healing evangelist of the 20th century, he saw many people healed, through his life, yet he struggled with kidney stones. Same illustration as earlier. So he really suffered with that, even though he saw lots of people healed around him. You think, how come? We don't understand. It's a mystery. We can't really explain it. But you know what? We're not called to know it all. We're called to trust. That's what faith is, isn't it? Trusting in God. One of the points that Simon Gilbo made a few weeks ago when he was with us, talking about him and what he's been doing in Burundi, he said that it was a choice between clarity or trust. You can't have both, he said. So friends, we've got to choose trust. Choose trust. Pastor James MacDonald Uh, A church leader from the state said this, you can't trust in the Lord with all your heart if you're trying to depend upon your own understanding at the same time. You can't trust in the Lord with all your heart if you're trying to depend on your own understanding at the same time. 
So certainly with healing, we need to love people, regardless of whether they're healed or not. It's not about getting a healing success. It's about demonstrating the love and the goodness of God. So I pray for people. So we love them. So as we begin to wrap up, let's look for stories to share and rejoice in. And if you're still waiting for your healing or your breakthrough, we need to learn to rejoice in other people's breakthroughs, even if you haven't had yours yet. And if we don't have any of our own yet, we can rejoice in other people's and share in their successes and joy. Because if you don't, your heart, becomes to, your heart starts to become hard. The rock of unanswered prayer and disappointment starts to form and bitterness emerges. We don't want that, do we? So let's celebrate other people's breakthroughs while we're still waiting for our own. And I realise it's difficult. I, I realise there's a cost in that. But listen to me. God's grace is sufficient. It really is. Do you believe that? God's grace is sufficient. I once heard somebody say this. Disappointment disappoints you. You are appointed by God. He appoints you. Disappointment can disappoint you. Don't allow it to take hold of you. God has appointed you. Listen to what Jesus said in John 15. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you so that you might go and bear fruit. Fruit that will last. So you've been appointed by the Father to bear fruit. So don't allow this rock to rob you of what God wants to do in you and through you and with you. Amen? Can a band come back up, please? We're going to pray. And um, it's going to see in these last few moments together what the Lord wants to do. Let's stand together, shall we? I feel we should pray for people this morning. And um, friends, this is going to take some honesty, I guess. Okay? So it's, it's a tough one, isn't it? But I do feel we should pray for one another. And particularly if, you're, if you've got a sense of disappointment or you feel let down by God or maybe you're struggling with unanswered prayer. Maybe, maybe your default mechanism for humour is sarcasm as well. Or maybe actually it's a response to some of the words that came earlier during our worship. And we would love to pray for you this morning. We'd love to minister God's love and grace and goodness to you in order that you might see a way out and a way forward. Thanks for listening to this Jubilee Church podcast. Feel free to check out our website at www.jubilee.org.uk and come along on any Sunday morning.